Well, welcome everybody to the uh, Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom, and I believe this is uh, episode nine of uh, season one. Now, these have been coming out on a daily basis, and uh, my thought was that, hey, we'll find subscribers this way. You know what they say, content, content, content. Well, I'd like to uh, inform everyone that we're up to uh, three subscribers. But 11 different different listeners have tuned in. And uh, welcome back if you're a repeat customer. And if you're not, prepare for disappointment because this isn't a very good podcast. But uh, we're all about uh, just recounting some stories from my illustrious and uh, actually not so illustrious medical career. And uh, stories from inside and outside the hospital that uh, I find funny and I just don't want to forget them. <laughs> So today I'm going to talk about a couple of a couple of my better wipeouts in the hospital. I'm also going to talk about one of the worst email mistakes I've ever made and I've made some I've made some fucking email mistakes. <laughs> but uh um yeah, I think we'll we'll just do the two stories for this one. It's pretty late. I've been working um this was the most Today marks the most uh, studies I had ever read in a single day. So I'm a uh, radiologist. I'm actually an interventional radiologist, but I also cover general radiology. And uh, in the summertime, we have we just had a fellow retire, but we also have people off on vacations. A lot of people are now kind of getting to the peri-retirement phase and working part-time. And, uh, you know, the weather's good, and people don't want to be locked up in the hospital so um you know there's always five or six people off and we had a uh, folder uh, this morning i think i had i'm trying to recount but i think it was like 27 mris and cts in the folder i was on mri today and uh, 85 plain films (laughs) that's just normal x-rays to the to the lay person and uh and then i had eight add-on uh mris and uh, I still had eight MRIs to read when I got home. So <laughs> it's like a freaking record. And now it's almost midnight. And I'm uh, putting out a new podcast for your earballs. So you know it's going to be high quality because I'm well rested. Um, yeah, so let's talk about some of my better wipeouts. Um, everybody's had them, but uh, I seem to do it in the most embarrassing way. Um, the, the one that comes to mind... Um, whenever I, (laughs) I was, this is like slapstick comedy. I, I, I'm the lowest form of comedy, these stories, but, uh, but bear with me just because it's so embarrassing. Um, so I was a resident with, uh, (laughs) you get variable years in residency. Some resident years, um, are, uh, sort of, you know, you might have like average medical students get, end up in a program. But when I applied, radiology was super competitive, and um, I, I was lucky, like very lucky to get in. Uh, but in my year, I had a uh, fellow who had like climbed to the base camp of Mount Katahdin. He was a volunteer um, paramedic. He uh, was the top of his medical school class. And it just happened that he's also like one of the nicest guys on the planet and he, you know, family man and everything else. And, uh, and I had, um, a young lady who was, 
uh, one of the top, um, what do they call it? Like a, she had a PhD in MRI physics and she was one of the top MRI researchers in North America. And, um, she, she's like, uh, just a brain that walks around on a pair of feet. <laughs> it's like, uh, like the bad guy from the Ninja Turtles only she, as far as I know, she doesn't use her powers for evil. Um, and then, and then there was me who was like <laughs> the chubby also ran, but, uh, but we, you know, I was always, I always looked up to these guys and, and so I always tried to do my best to, uh, sort of pretend that I could run with their crowd, even though I was, uh, it, it certainly not at that level. Um, the way it worked is that it, in the program that I was in, there were two main hospitals that we serviced and a children's hospital. And, uh, every day at four o'clock or four 30, I can't remember there were rounds, um, every day for the residents teaching rounds. And I think like, you know, where I work is also a teaching hospital, but I don't actually get paid to teach. It's not part of my, it's not really part of my job description. <laughs> um, so we'll have residents and medical students and stuff. And I guess I'm just a volunteer. I don't know exactly what, what the compensation model is, but I think where I was before there was some compensation for them for teaching. And certainly they all had like professorships, whereas I just have, I don't know, assistant associate professorship. Does that make me sound like a, a nerd? I guess. Um, I wish they'd call me like professor doom instead of Dr. Doom, although you lose the alliteration. Nobody calls me that. I just called myself that stupid anyway. Um, but the point of all this is that there are different teaching hospitals. And, uh, so at four, you know, like if the rounds were at four 30 at four 15, you basically, if you weren't in the right hospital, you had to hoof it because it was probably a 15 minute walk on a good day to get from one hospital to another. And, um, the problem, the problem was that after rounds, then you also had to walk back to your hospital where you're working and finish your day. And that's why I think like every day got dragged out to like 7 30 PM, just based on the academic schedule and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, this one day, um, I had rounds at, uh, at, uh, the downtown, the main hospital and a friend of mine, uh, the, the uh, I don't want to say I'll call her Dr. S. Uh, the, the young lady with the PhD and the, uh, and the very impressive resume. Um, she actually had an appointment, uh, at the other, on the other side of town. Uh, so I was walking towards the main hospital, but she had been working there and she was walking away from it and it had snowed and it was cold. And what I used to do because I was studying so much is, um, and the weather was so miserable. I used to walk to work. And it was like a 40 minute walk for me. So what I would do is I would take a bunch of books that I planned to study that day in a backpack, like a school kid. Right. And, uh, I wore the backpack because the briefcase is, they're just too heavy. These books are like, uh, I don't know. They're probably five pounds each. I don't know. I'm not good at guessing weights, but the, you know, they're heavy. And I'd bring like four or five of these big textbooks with me everywhere. We we're getting close to the exam time. And, uh, and so, I was walking, uh, towards the big hospital and I didn't, I didn't realize that she was coming the other direction and it had been kind of bad weather, snowing, raining, then snowing, then raining and, uh, freezing rain. And the sidewalk was really slippery. 
and I fell, I, I wiped out in a really strange way. I, I stood like I, my foot went out from under me frontwards. And when I tried to catch myself on the other foot, it was like stepping on a banana peel, like the cartoon slip where you go backwards. But I tried to catch myself on the other foot and that one slipped out sideways. So it was like one banana peel, one Bambi leg. And I landed on my backpack on my back and my head went back and hit the pavement. And I, I don't think I knocked myself out, but I was, I was having like a really hard time figuring out what had happened. <laughs> I, I, my head hurt like for sure, but it wasn't like go immediately and get a CT scan hurt. It was just like, oh my God, it, it, I was just like disoriented. I think just got, uh, got my bell rung kind of, but my leg had twisted, the Bambi leg had twisted under me. And I was like really concerned trying to get it to turn around. But the way I'd landed, I'd landed with the heel of my boot kind of under my ass cheek. <laughs> so I was flailing with the one leg. And then as, as I kind of got it out from under me, it was still really slippery and I couldn't quite get my feet to make contact with the ground. And I started kind of trying to roll to my side, but the books of course are flat and they were stacked like three high. And the way I landed, they were like perfectly under my shoulder blades. So it kind of looked like a turtle that had flipped on its back, I guess, would be the best analogy. My arms and legs were flailing and I couldn't quite roll over to one side or the other. And I was wearing a big, like all my big puffy clothes because it was, I think it was like minus, you know, it was minus 15 or whatever. By then the uh, rain had stopped and it was getting really cold. And I was like dressed like in layers and layers and layers. Anyway, um, so I flailed around on the ground for a little bit on the sidewalk and I think I started feeling sorry for myself. Like I just thought like, how ridiculous is this that I've fallen and I can't get up. And at the time I was in my twenties, <laughs> just like feeling ashamed and sorry for myself. And I might've like, I don't know, we were getting close to the exam. I might've been like weeping, uh, just a, a small amount out of self pity, like just kind of not like openly bawling, but you know, just like tears coming kind of in my eyes. Like, I can't believe this is happening. This is <laughs> what the fuck next. And then I heard this voice and it was uh, Dr. S and she was, uh, she was standing over me and she said, what, what's going on here? I said, I'm sorry. I fell and I, I can, can you help me roll over? <laughs> she was pregnant. I think she was like eight months pregnant at the time. And she had to like, I was like, be careful, it's slippery. She had to like get down and give me a shove so I could get on my side. Um, it was the most pathetic I've ever looked, like like a wee turtle. And uh, that's that's the story of my wipeout. I've got so many. Um, another great one uh, happened about five years ago at our hospital. We have a, a coffee shop up on the second floor. And there's kind of like, it's kind of this nice like atrium uh, where the main entrance is. And there's um, sort of two ways to go up. There's like a straight staircase that goes up to the coffee shop. And then once you get your coffee, you can kind of come back down this graduated staircase that has different levels with like tables and seating on it and stuff. And um, I got a, uh, I always get a large coffee like in the morning if I'm, if I'm on reads because you're sitting in a dark room and I just I need to caffeinate myself to the maximum. And I don't, I've never done this before and I don't know exactly what happened, but, um, as I was coming 
back down with my coffee. I was coming down the graduated side of the uh, staircase and one of the neurosurgeons gave me a wave like, hello. And it just took me like half a second to register who it was. And I guess I was thinking about that and I read and I waved back. But when I was waving, I forgot like how close I was to the steps and I missed a step and I went down the second step. And instead of like gracefully just kind of catching myself, I threw my coffee. I, I threw the whole, like I literally left my hand, the whole like extra, the large coffee cup full of coffee. And thank God there was nobody standing there. It landed like on the floor and made this giant mess. But the, the big thing was as I fell down the stairs and I did fall, I didn't keep my feet under me. I made this noise like, awk, awk, awk. <laughs> in front of the neurosurgeon. Why am I an idiot? Why do I do these things? Uh, anyway, those are my two, uh, two best wipeouts, I think. Um, and uh, I've got another story coming next, but I'm going to change up the music. Let's, uh, why don't I uh, recount the story about the uh, fucking stupidest email I ever sent in my life. Actually, I'll tell you a story about a couple emails I sent. <laughs> we'll go in the Wayback Machine uh, first. We'll go back to uh, when I was a fellow. These aren't, these aren't particularly funny stories. Well, actually, one of them is, but uh, they're more just times I've humiliated myself. Let's put it out there. Um, so, uh, I was a fellow in this West coast hospital and, uh, that place was profesh. It was, everybody was, it took their jobs very seriously. They would not make podcasts of this nature. I'm trying to picture anybody that I used to work with, um, being involved in any way in a podcast about, uh, nearly shitting their pants, um, at journal club and it. I can't picture any of them uh, <laughs> stooping to these lengths. But uh, anyway, the um, so these guys were, were very professional. And I was in a uh, fellowship with, um, there were four of us in total for my interventional fellowship. There's one fellow from uh, South Africa who was basically like a vascular surgeon doing it. Um, I don't even know if he had started as a radiologist or what, but he had clearly done everything that we were doing before and now he was just he wanted to move to North America and he wanted to get certified in a uh, in a North American hospital basically or North American uh, program there was a fellow from Ireland uh, who uh, was doing it he was he was hilarious his name was Mike and uh, and he was also very good at his job but had zero patience for any any bullshit like whatever the staff you know the staff radiologist would say and stuff if it made sense mike was good with it if it didn't make sense or if um if they were just being an asshole there, there were a couple of people who could have have a bit of an assholeish tendency once in a while um he he had no problem calling them out on it and like he would just he would fight all all he could it didn't bother him <laughs> he never lost sleep over it um, 
and he he was he was also very talented. There was another fella from uh, from a Canadian school who was um, a really good guy, very talented, but um, had a tendency to rub the staff the wrong way. I think it was more now nobody at that level you would never say like they were lazy, but he didn't mind blowing off work in order to do personal stuff once in a while. Like, and I'm not talking like every day, but if somebody does that like once a year, uh, when you're at that level of training, it's like, holy shit, dude, I can't believe you did that. And you know, he just, he didn't, it didn't bother me. He had no qualms about it. Um, really smart dude, uh, just a funny personality, just different than the rest of us. And then there was me who I was just like the cringy guy who just fucking, I just didn't want to rock the boat. Didn't want to be in trouble. I dreaded days with any of the staff who were like hard asses. Um, and I was new at it too. Right. So, um, I was like, I, I just didn't every morning I would say a prayer, please God, don't let me kill anybody. <laughs> don't let me make a mistake. Don't let me hurt anyone. Um, and I, I did a lot of reading around it and I enjoyed myself out there, but I was, I found it high stress, like just really, really high stress because the stakes are so high and, uh, I just hadn't developed any confidence in my abilities. So I I did notice, by the way, this is an aside. I did notice when I listened to the ones that I record on my phone, there's a lot of, uh, fucking disgusting mouth noises (laughs) happening and I don't, I don't know how to fix that. Um, I also clear my voice a lot in a really irritating way. <clears throat> and I think that's mostly when I'm at work, because if, if I'm being honest, I'm recording those in my office, usually at lunch hour, and I don't want anyone to know I'm doing this podcast. So I want them to think I'm talking to somebody on the phone. So my voice sounds funny on those ones, but there's, I don't have a choice. It's the only way I can get these out daily. Um, anyway, where the hell was I? Right. Um, we are in, uh, in the fellowship. So what happened was, again, there were multiple hospitals and uh, different staff worked at different hospitals. And I kind of followed this uh, other Canadian fella out to the uh, university hospital, which was kind of the, I don't know, it wasn't really like cottage country, but they didn't have, if you were on that rotation, um, you, you got out more or less on time. Um, it was more civilized. We did certain procedures there um, that we uh, didn't do at the other side and vice versa. But um, you didn't have to go to all the rounds as much like if you had like hepatobiliary rounds or whatever. If you were working, you had the perfect excuse not to go. And then on top of that, university hospital was in a really nice location, even though it was kind of far away from where everyone lived. It was in this beautiful, expensive part of town and they had amazing restaurants. So if you got a lunch break when you were there, you could go out they had like red burrito and stuff. And it was, <laughs> I mean, it sounds simple, but, uh, that food is freaking delicious. So I, I loved, I loved it when I worked out there. It was my favorite place to work and I'd work as hard as I could. Like I wanted to make a good impression because at the time I wasn't even sure if I had my job that I was going into. And, um, I figured I might need a reference from these guys and that kind of thing. And so I had worked, um, we were about, Oh, maybe a little more than halfway through the year. And I had volunteered. I just volunteered to stay through Christmas and it was a thankless fucking task. Um, but you know, people had to get, get home and, um, 
I think my family went to Australia or whatever. So there was no way I was going to get there. So I stayed through Christmas and, uh, you know, it was just, it was, uh, I felt like I was going the extra mile to the extent that I could. Um, I tried to always be ready, have everyone triaged, ready, treated. Like I, I was becoming autonomous, I guess, if that makes sense. So that people, I just wanted people to rely on me and I was quite proud of my work. Um, or at least of my work ethic and that I was kind of being known as the reliable person, but I was starting to get a little bit, I don't know, not pissed off, but just a little bit like disappointed that nobody ever said, thank you. (laughs) I don't know why I expected them to, uh, because technically, you know, I was working for them and I was probably just doing what they expected of me, but I just wanted a thanks, like a little thank you would have gone a long way. And instead it was just like, it felt very thankless staying extra hours at, in the evenings when other people were gone, you know, I'm complaining. I'm still kind of obviously a little, little hurt by the whole thing, but, um, I got, I got my little, got my little feelings hurt, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's life. Um, but I was feeling it was a little bit thankless anyway this email came out. It was, um, I was at the university hospital and I'd been there about a week and an email came out and it said, notice to fellows, when you are working at the university hospital, it is expected that you will stay with the patients until the day is done and you will not abandon your duties and something else. It was, it was of that nature. And the day before I had, um, I had run out, um, after my last case, but I, I didn't leave. I just ran out to, um, to, to the hospital gift shop. I just needed to buy Tylenol if I remember correctly, because I think I had a headache and the bus ride, we called it the fartibus. Um, the bus ride was on this old bus that really smelled like diesel inside. And I knew like to get that bus back, it was going to, it was just going to get, put me into migraine territory. But I went and got that stuff. And then I came back and wrote my notes. And when I came back, there were there was no staff guy around. Everybody had left. And I was there for like another hour. And so this email came out. And man, I was so mad. I was like, oh, my God. I just went to buy fucking Tylenol. Like, I've done all this, you know, <laughs> in my mind. I've, like, I've kept score. And, like, the score is uh, I've done, you know, this 300 things and I I left for five minutes to buy Tylenol and now you're sending a group email and I I was just like gutted. I was so mad. And you know, when you're mad, don't, don't write an email, right? Like that's don't respond. Don't do anything. Talk to people in person if you're upset, but do not send an email. And if you send an email, do not hit reply all. (laughs) A lesson that's taken me years to learn. And I still haven't really learned it. Um, I re- I replied to all, and I said, I don't think I don't think this is fair or appropriate. I said, I am. Uh, I've been working as hard as I possibly can. <laughs> Nobody has thanked me for any of the work that I've done this year. I haven't had a single thank you. And if you would like to discuss work ethic, I am literally salivating at the chance to do so. (laughs) This is coming from a physician, right? A 
I'm going to be their colleague in six months. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. So I sent it. I sent this email. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any replies. <laughs> Nobody talked to me for about three days. And then um, one of the fellows I was working with uh, said, uh, took me aside at, at rounds, after rounds. And he said, so you're salivating at the chance area <laughs> said i'm so fucking pissed off i said i've been i said i've been working my ass to the bone even on like easy days i'm going in and getting ready for the next days i'm going through all the imaging i'm dictating all their studies for them so they don't have to read anything uh, I, i'm doing like I'm doing my penance here and I really, I said, I went out to get Tylenol and he sent that fucking email and I just about lost my mind. He said, well, just so you know, that email wasn't about you. I said, what? He said, it was the other guy last week. He left at two o'clock in the afternoon, (laughs) never came back. (laughs) He said, but now they're all really pissed off at you. (laughs) And uh, they had been like, quite nice until <laughs> like they just didn't say thank you but I was getting through every day okay for the rest of the year every day was um, I wouldn't say it was hell but it was definitely not enjoyable I at, at that point I started counting I literally counted the fucking days I've never had to do that in my life I counted the days until this fellowship ended and it was I was like oh my god still like 140 days of this I have to do I just remember thinking okay 140 I can do 140 days and uh, you know we got through it but when I was done um, you know a job came up at that hospital and I had one guy who's who I have a huge tremendous amount of respect for and he was like you know you should you should apply for that job and I told him the story I said look dude I, I fucked up so badly. He said, well, your reputation is that you're overly sensitive. <laughs> that's all. You know, if everybody's got a reputation, that's yours. It's, it's not the end of the world. But um, I, I'm not <laughs> not that sensitive. I was just fucking tired. And I felt like it was a bit thankless. Maybe I'm sensitive. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being a little bit sensitive. Don't reply all. Don't be that guy. I'm a fucking idiot. The second email... And possibly, uh, this isn't, this was me being a smartass, but it really it could have landed me in some trouble. So we have, um, at our current hospital, the hierarchy is kind of funny because in our province, you know, there are these big health authorities and, um, and then each hospital has a physician who's the chief of staff. And so the chief of staff, uh, they coordinate all the programs, you know, from the top down, but they don't really they're not usually involved, but they're kind of big shots and they're tied in politically. And it's usually somebody who's quite well respected, right? Because everybody has to vote on this person. And, um, and our chief of staff was a neurosurgeon, really nice guy. And everybody loved him. had a lot of respect for him. And, um, and just a, you know, an overall good guy, but very, very dry very like no sense of humor and he was an older gentleman right he was probably in his 60s at this time and uh so one of the programs that we have is research in medicine and basically 
what it is, you're they're looking for staff physicians to sort of, I don't know, supervise residents or fellows or whatever medical students who are doing research and they, you know, we might help them come up with a project or whatever and uh, help them go through the statistics and the um, ethics process and all that stuff. And it's not really my cup of tea, but it was, um, you know, I've done a little bit of research and that was enough. Um, but uh, this research and medicine thing was kind of new and the chief of staff came to our department specifically and he, he sent us an email a group email that said, um, you know, there is a research and medicine job available for a radiologist. We are uh, in desperate need. We are looking for a radiologist supervisor, um, you know, and here are the terms of the position and here's what would be expected of you. And we would be absolutely honored if one of you would step up and take this position. And I meant to write back to one person in my group and instead I hit reply all. I don't know how, I still don't know how I did it. And this is like going to our group, to the chief of staff, to his administrative assistant and to like six or seven of the high up admins in the hospital. And I wrote, um, just to clarify, did Brian just offer us a rim job? <laughs> and so I, I hit send and uh, and then almost immediately I got an email back and I thought wow that was fast and then I looked who it was from and it was from Brian <laughs> and said just to clarify the rim job is not a paid position because <laughs> he'd never heard of it <laughs> And that's the end of today's stories. All right, guys, stay safe, stay classy. See you next time.